Greetings from Singapore. Good morning or good afternoon. I'm not sure what time you are watching this pre-recorded uh, video. But anyway, last night, I think Friday, you would have uh, been with us as we looked at Ruth chapter 1. Although every disaster is extraordinarily painful, disasters are sadly fairly ordinary in the sense of being fairly common in the lives of ordinary people. I said yesterday that the book of Ruth demonstrates God's care and concern for ordinary people upon whom fall life's many painful disasters. But how does God show his love and his concern for us in the face of our tragedies and trials? How does God help the Naomi's of this world to survive the ordeal thrust upon us by the ordinary problems and disasters of life. Today we will read Ruth chapter 2 to get some more answers to that question. Please join me in prayer before we read God's Word. Father, thank you for the gift of your written Word. Thank you for your love. Please open our eyes as we and our ears as we read from this portion of your Holy Word in Ruth chapter 2. We pray in the name of Jesus, your Son, who is the living Word. Amen. Ruth chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. Now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side, a man of standing from the clan of Eli Melech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, Go ahead, my daughter. So she went out, entered a field, and began to glean behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Eli Melech. Just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they answered. Boaz asked the overseer of his harvesters, Who does that young woman belong to? The overseer replied, She is the Moabite who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She came into the field and has remained here from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. How does God help Naomi? Well, how many times is God mentioned stepping in to help Naomi and Ruth in their life struggles? One of the most striking things in the whole book of Ruth is that almost nothing is said about God actively at work. Well, some of the human characters express their wishes and their prayers that God will act with kindness. So in chapter 1 verse 9, Naomi says to her daughter-in-law's daughters-in-law, May the Lord help each of you find rest in the home of another, another husband. But does God answer this prayer? Does God give 
a man a dream, telling him, go and marry Ruth? Does God miraculously cause a husband to drop out of the sky into the lap of Ruth? No. We will see that the way Ruth finds another husband is not through any miraculous act of God. Instead, it is Naomi herself who takes action to help answer her own prayer for Ruth. So in chapter 1, verse 9, Naomi prays that the Lord may help Ruth find rest in the home of another husband. And then later in chapter 3, verse 1, Naomi herself says to Ruth, Should I not try to find a home for you? Now the word home, which the NIV uses here, is exactly the same word translated as rest in chapter 1, verse 9. Similarly, listen to Boaz's prayer or wish in chapter 2, verse 12. Boaz prays that the Lord would bless Ruth bountifully. But in the end, how does this prayer get answered? Is it through some miracle in which a pot of gold falls down from heaven at Ruth's feet? No. Chapters 3 and 4 will tell the story of how it is Boaz himself, who becomes the answer to his own prayer. It is through Boaz that Ruth comes to be bountifully blessed by the Lord. What is the book's message? Is it trying to say that God doesn't really do anything in today's world, that we should just act without God? No, that is not the point of the book of Ruth. The book is not saying that God doesn't do anything. It is not saying that there is no point in praying. No. Its point is to tell us how God often answers our prayers. Often, God works in ways which seem to be purely natural and purely human. The book of Ruth tells us that, through the, that though the actions are visibly only human, they are also invisibly divine. The mighty God, who is concerned for ordinary people with ordinary problems, is a God who works through ordinary human circumstances. What are some of these ordinary ways by which God works out this story? Ruth chapter 2 provides at least three answers. For those of you who like alliteration, I've chosen three words which in English begin with L. Luck, labor, and love. Luck? Did you say luck? I thought Christians don't believe in luck. And you are right. The Bible teaches that men may throw the dice, but it is God, not luck, which decides how the dice settle. God is the invisible controller of things which appear to us as lucky coincidences. Why then do I dare to speak of luck as the way God worked out the story? I do so because that is the way Ruth chapter 2 verse 3 tells the story. The NIV uses the phrase, as it turned out, which is another way of saying, as luck would have it, or by a coincidence. 
she happened to enter the fields belonging to Boaz. Why does the book use such language? It is because from our human perspective, that is what it often seems like. Just a lucky coincidence that Ruth happened to meet Boaz that day. This is how the book tells the story. This is the kind of God we find in the book of Ruth. A God who does not always act in supernatural and spectacularly visible ways, but a God who works through the normal, ordinary human choices and circumstances of life. But luck or coincidence is not the only ordinary circumstance by which God brings blessing to Ruth. It is also through Ruth's labor or diligence. There is a joke told about Weary Willie, a man who had no money. Weary Willie was sitting in the park and he was speaking to an old lady. Yes, ma'am. I'm really poor. I've asked for money, begged for money, and cried for money. The lady looked at Willie with stern eyes and said, But young man, have you ever worked for money? Worked, ma'am? No, not yet. I've A, asked, B, begged and C. Cried. I haven't come to W for work yet. Unlike Willie, Ruth goes straight to W. Look at chapter 2, verse 2. She does not want just to sit at home, hoping and praying for a miracle. She asks Naomi for permission to go out and pick up any leftover grain in the field. In those days, it was almost impossible for women to get paid work. That was the responsibility and the prerogative of men. The only way women living alone could survive was to go out to the fields and pick up any grain that had been left unharvested. In our day, it would be like searching the drains and the garbage dumps, uh, looking for bottles and unwanted items which perhaps might fetch a few cents. Ruth and Naomi are poor and they cannot afford to be proud. So Ruth works the fields, even if it means she has to look for leftovers. Had it not been for Ruth's courage and hard work, hard labor, she might never have met Boaz, and her story might never have turned out as it did. If she had just stayed at home and, and done nothing but pray and pray, her story might never have made the pages of the Bible. We will never know, of course. But what we do know is that Ruth showed courage and commitment. She exercised diligence and determination to labor and work hard. Look at the end of verse 7, where the foreman describes her diligence and stamina. These are some of the ordinary, non-spectacular ways 
in which God worked a glorious plan for Naomi, for Ruth, and for the nation of Israel. Through divine luck and diligent labor. But the key emphasis in the book of Ruth, the main way in which God worked out his glorious purposes, was through a third, a third L, love. We mentioned this yesterday, where in chapter 1, Ruth shows love to her mother-in-law by committing herself to stay with Naomi through thick and thin. It is this same commitment of love which sees Ruth do hard labor in the fields. Now chapter 2 introduces us to Boaz, another shining example of love. This is the message of the book of Ruth. God works out his glorious plans through ordinary people who show outstanding acts of kindness and love. And this is the central message with which the book challenges us. Ordinary people who show kindness can bring God's blessing to others. The kind of kindness which we have seen in Ruth. The kind of kindness which we now see here in Boaz. And what kind of kindness is this? How is this kindness extended? In Shakespeare's Hamlet, Ophelia says to Hamlet, Rich gifts wax poor when givers prove unkind. Now let me try to say this in English. A gift may be generous, but if the person who gives that rich gift is cruel or unkind, then the gift becomes very poor. I think we all understand what Shakespeare means. It is possible to give money or to give help to someone, but do it in an unkind way, in a way that shames the person, humiliates the person. Often such giving is as stingy as possible, just enough to keep up appearances. A woman stopped in front of a beggar, shakes her head, puts two cents into the hat, and then rather pompously says, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. How did you end up so poor? The beggar looks at the two miserable copper cents in his hand or hat and sarcastically replies, I became poor because I was just like you, madam, overly generous to the poor. Rich gifts wax poor when givers prove unkind. But here in Ruth chapter 2, the kindness which Boaz shows is both rich and kind. Look first at verse 8. Boaz not only gives Ruth permission to gather grain for herself, he encourages her to stay on for more. In other words, he doesn't say, All right, woman, today I've let you sponge enough grain from my field. Tomorrow, please go and find someone else's field to take from. No. Boaz encourages Ruth to stay on in his field as long as she wants. He goes the second mile and more. Look at verse 9. Boaz promises Ruth protection. His men will not molest her or ridicule her. 
And at the end of verse 9, Boaz says that Ruth can help herself to a drink whenever she is thirsty. I remember my first day in a new office. Someone was kind enough to show me where the office pantry was, where I could go and make myself a drink. This was a way of making me feel at home in the office, made me feel a part of the office team. We do not tell visitors or clients where to find the office pantry. We don't tell them to go and make their own coffee. No, that's only for those who belong in the office. And that's what Boaz was doing for Ruth. He was telling her that she should feel at home as one who belonged on his team. She should make herself a cup of coffee whenever she was thirsty. End of verse 9. And then look at verse 15. Boaz secretly talks to his men and tells them to help her by leaving more leftovers for her to pick up. In other words, do not just give it to her in a way that might make her feel ashamed at receiving a handout. Make her work a bit easier, but don't embarrass her. In short, Boaz's kindness is both sensitive and extravagant. It gives Ruth a sense of belonging and respect. And this outstanding kindness was God's way of bringing rays of hope into the life of Ruth and Naomi. In the same way, we too can be God's rays of hope to ordinary people in our world. We can learn to show Boaz's generosity and kindness and also offer it in a kind and uplifting way, not in a cold and impersonal manner which shames and puts people down. There is more to be said about Boaz's kindness to Ruth. Who is Ruth? Who is this Ruth to whom Boaz shows such wonderful kindness? The answer to that question is another key point in this book. And to make sure we do not miss it, the book tells us who this Ruth is, not just once or twice, but eight times in this short story. Three of those eight times comes here in chapter 2. Who is Ruth? Look at verses 2, 6, and 21. Ruth is a Moabitess. Moabitess? So what? It may not seem significant to us Malaysians and Singaporeans, but it would have shocked Israelite readers. Moabites were Israel's enemies. There was a law in Deuteronomy chapter 23 which said, No Moabite or any of his descendants may enter the assembly of the Lord. In other words, no Moabites can come into the sanctuary to worship our God with us. And verse 6 says, Do not seek a treaty of friendship with them as long as you live. But in this story, Boaz shows kindness and friendship towards a Moabite. He ends up marrying her. Could Boaz have been accused of disobeying the law? Was he ignorant 
or too liberal in his theology and practice. And yet, because of his outstanding, or one might say scandalous love, this Moabitess has come down to us as one of the great heroines of the Bible. In fact, this Moabitess is specifically mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 1. Boaz's scandalous kindness is not unlike the kindness and the love which Jesus showed towards prostitutes and tax collectors. Jesus' love was regarded by the religious leaders of his day as a scandal, an unholy association with sinners. Similarly, Boaz's kindness towards Ruth the Moabitess would certainly have raised eyebrows. This is the challenge of the book of Ruth. God works through ordinary people who are willing to show love and kindness towards even those who might be considered religious outcasts and enemies. To show love to one's enemy. There is no more powerful demonstration of God's kind of love and majesty than this. In September 1987, a community of Muslims living on the outskirts of Bangalore in India were evicted from their homes. It was a slum area and, and, and it needed to be cleaned up, and so they were asked to leave. For these poor Muslims, this had been their home, and now they were forced to relocate in a different part of the city altogether, with very little provision for their needs. They were feeling lost and alone, not least because they had no mosque. The Christians in that new area responded by helping these new arrivals establish their homes, and they even helped to obtain a piece of land for a mosque and to help them build it. Christians helping to build a mosque? Shocking! Scandalous! Some, some might even say unscriptural. But it is this kind of scandalous and unscriptural love which Boaz showed towards Ruth, a Moabitess. The book of Ruth would have challenged Israelite readers. It would have challenged their religious prejudices towards certain categories of people. And perhaps it challenges our 21st century prejudices as well. Are there some people whom we would never dream of showing Christian kindness and love towards? Let me summarize what we have gleaned thus far from the book of Ruth. We live in a world that in some ways is similar to the world of Ruth, an ordinary world filled with ordinary people struggling to cope with ordinary struggles in life. The world of Naomi that sometimes leaves us childless, feeling empty and barren, disappointed at life, 
disillusioned with God. And into this kind of world, God pours out His love and kindness. How? Through very ordinary human means, human luck and coincidences, human labour and diligence, human love and kindness. God comes into our lives through such ordinary human means, through human relationships. Many of us do not recognise God at work in these ordinary ways. A Christian scholar was being interviewed on an American talk show some years back. He was asked the question, have you ever seen God? His answer, yes, I have. I see God in the loving kindness shown to me through friends and even strangers. Have you ever seen God? Have our friends ever seen God? Have our enemies and strangers seen God? What do people see in our 63-year-old church? Have they ever seen God? London had been bombed badly during World War II and and the city still lay in ruins even after the war had ended. Many children had been orphaned by the war, and they would roam the streets of London, homeless and hungry. Early one chilly morning, an American soldier in his jeep spotted a little boy with his nose pressed to the window of a pastry shop. The cook inside was kneading dough for a fresh batch of doughnuts. And the hungry boy stared in silence, staring at the mouth-watering morsels coming out of the oven, piping hot. The soldier pulled his jeep onto the curb, got out, and walked quietly over to where the little fellow was standing. He went into the shop, bought a dozen donuts, and gave them to the boy, simply saying, Here, son, this is for you. The soldier turned back toward his jeep, but felt, felt a little tug on his coat. He looked down and heard the boy ask quietly, Mister, are you God? The book of Ruth inspires ordinary people like you and me to be God's love and kindness in this broken world. We often pray that the world may come to know the love of God. Why don't we try to be the answer to our own prayers? Amen.